This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. ER vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm a board-certified emergency critical care veterinary specialist and toxicologist. Thanks for joining us today. Today, we're going to be talking about kind of a gross, dirty topic, dog and cat diarrhea. We'll be right back after these messages. Help your dog from the inside out with Caniotic Daily Probiotic for Dogs. Caniotic's superior and exclusive technology makes it the only dog probiotic from the dog for the dog. Your dog's gastrointestinal tract is important to their well-being, and a daily dose of Caniotic is one easy way you can support it. Caniotic, C-A-N-I-O-T-I-C, is available on Chewy.com. Add it to your cart today and give it a try. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Today, we're going to talk about diarrhea because that's one of the top 10 causes I see dogs coming into the veterinary ER for. Now, we'll see this in cats, but it's not quite as common as vomiting. So let's talk about diarrhea. And I'm going to talk about this because sometimes you don't actually have to go into the ER vet. Sometimes you can manage it at home or sometimes you can manage it at your family veterinarian. But there are a few circumstances where diarrhea does absolutely warrant an emergency visit to the veterinarian. So again, as an emergency critical care veterinary specialist, I end up seeing a lot of diarrhea. And again, most of the time it can be managed at home. I honestly worry more about vomiting because if your dog or cat can't drink water, then they can't stay hydrated. What I become concerned about with diarrhea is you're basically having too much water coming out of the feces, and that can also result in dehydration, but not quite as quickly as vomiting does. So what's the definition of diarrhea? Well, that's pretty obvious. Diarrhea is basically loose feces. This can vary between a pudding consistency to a watery or what I call a pipe stream diarrhea. And with pipe stream diarrhea, I'm going to worry a lot more because your dog or cat is losing a lot more water. That one's going to concern me a lot more. Now, I also become worried when there's a lot of blood in it. And we'll talk about the difference on categories of diarrhea. Now, you probably don't want to go into too much detail when it comes to talking about diarrhea, but there are two important considerations that you do need to know about. We categorize diarrhea in the veterinary world as either small bowel or large bowel diarrhea. Small bowel typically means prior to the colon. So this is going to include the first part of the intestines called the duodenum, the ileum, the jejunum, parts like that. Now, that's going to show clinical signs of large amounts of diarrhea. So your dog only has to go out once or twice a day, but when he does defecate, it comes out in large, watery, or loose amounts. That's totally different than large bowel diarrhea. 
Large bowel is really just the colon. It's the end of the gastrointestinal tract. And large bowel diarrhea is more of a pain, literally, because when we see large bowel diarrhea or colitis, that's typically when your dog is defecating tiny, tiny amounts and your dog has to go out every 15 minutes. They go outside and then they come back inside and they're like, nope, I still have to go back outside. So they have increased urgency to go outside. And when they are defecating, it's usually tiny amounts and it's usually mucusy and there could actually be blood in it. Large bowel diarrhea is more common in dogs, in my experience, than in cats. But again, both dogs and cats can get this. So why do we care as a veterinarian where the category of diarrhea is coming from? Because it's going to change a little bit how we treat the case. Now, most of the time with large bowel diarrhea, it's rarely life-threatening, but it's highly inconvenient to you because you have to get up multiple times during the night to let your dog out. And when I'm treating large bowel diarrhea, my main treatment for large bowel diarrhea is going to be increasing the fiber content and helping alleviate the clinical signs. In other words, helping it so you don't have to get up several times a night. Now, some common signs of diarrhea, in addition to just having looser, watery stool, include not eating, having a loss of appetite completely, sometimes drooling, which is a sign of nausea more in dogs than in cats, vomiting. And people often think, why is my pet vomiting when they have diarrhea? And it's actually because there's a nerve that goes from the colon to the stomach. So when even the colon is really inflamed, it could cause your pet to vomit. Dry heaving or retching, being lethargic, not wanting to get up, having increased urgency to go outside, again, classic for large bowel diarrhea, having watery stool ranging from pudding consistency to pipe stream or bloody loose diarrhea, having huge volumes of stool, again, where it's really liquidy, in other words, really hard to pick up with a poop bag, or small mucusy amounts of diarrhea with some spotting of blood. Sometimes we'll see weight loss. This is more common if it's chronic diarrhea, which definitely warrants a medical workup. And sometimes I can actually find a couple of things on physical exam. So I'll do a physical exam. I may see signs of dehydration, sticky gums, fever or hypothermia, belly pain when I palpate the abdomen. So again, be aware, I can see a lot of clinical signs when it comes to diarrhea. Now, what causes diarrhea? Well, to be quite honest, everything. Most of the time when I see diarrhea, it's usually because of this fancy word called gastroenteritis. Whenever you see the word itis in human or veterinary medicine, it basically is a fancy way of saying inflammation. So gastroenteritis is acute inflammation of the gastrointestinal tract. And please be aware, sometimes we never find the underlying cause of gastroenteritis. Sometimes it's from getting inappropriate food. Maybe the family was over for a holiday and somebody slipped some turkey meat or some turkey skin or leftover meat to your dog. Well, that can cause diarrhea. Sometimes it's from eating something unknown outside. Maybe it's some goose poop or rabbit poop. That can also cause inflammation of the gastrointestinal tract. Sometimes I can see diarrhea for other causes, depending on the age of your pet. If I see it in a really young puppy or kitten, I often worry that it's due to underlying parasitic infections, things like roundworm or whipworm or coccidia or hookworm. If it's an older dog that's on antibiotics, I worry about bacterial overgrowth. When we put patients on antibiotics, and this includes humans too, it can change the amount of good and bad bacteria within the intestinal tract and end up resulting in diarrhea. This is often called 
clostridial overgrowth. And that's a certain type of bacteria that grows within the colon. Sometimes it's stress-related. If your pet is really stressed, you just left for a couple of days, they have a pet sitter coming in, there's a lot of people visiting, you just changed the diet, all of these are considered stress-related. And again, that can also cause diarrhea. Sometimes a lot of exercise can cause it. If you're a marathon runner, you'll notice along the race trail, they often have a lot of porta-potties. And that's because of something called runner's gut. In that scenario, if your dog is exercising a lot, they were just playing at a dog park, they just went swimming, they drank a lot of water from the lake, sometimes we'll see it just from that amount of exercise. So please be aware there are a ton of different causes of diarrhea. Don't forget, diarrhea can oftentimes be a sign for something else going on inside the body. If your dog or cat has kidney failure or liver problems or disease called hypoadrenal corticism, If your dog or cat has inflammatory bowel disease or problem with their pancreas or underlying disease within their intestines, that can also result in diarrhea. And don't forget about something being stuck in the stomach or the small intestines. If you have a Labrador retriever and your dog eats part of a tennis ball or eats part of your clothing, they may have a sock stuck in their intestines. That can also result in diarrhea. Some other causes of diarrhea include a gastrointestinal obstruction secondary to something else. Sometimes the intestines can twist or slide into each other. That's called a mesenteric torsion or an intussusception or a gastric dilatation volvulus. This can also cause diarrhea. Sometimes we can see inflammation of the colon for no known reason. Sometimes I can see diarrhea from certain types of poisoning. Certain breeds will have different causes for diarrhea. If you have a boxer, you want to pay attention because boxers actually get something called boxer colitis. That's the layman's term for it. The real word is actually called histiocytic ulcerative colitis or granulomatous colitis. But this is inherited and really severe in boxers. So again, if your boxer has chronic diarrhea, it needs a workup to make sure it doesn't have this medical problem. Depending on where you live in North America, there could be different fungal infections that can cause diarrhea. Sometimes cancer can cause it. So again, you can see there's a huge gamut of medical problems that can cause diarrhea. So while this whole discussion isn't all-inclusive, again, there's a zillion reasons for your dog or cat to have diarrhea, and that's why it warrants a veterinary visit. Now, when you go to your veterinarian, they're going to want to do a couple of tests depending on the age of your pet. If you bring in a puppy, again, I'm more worried about the presence of parasites or infectious diseases or maybe even stress-related changes. Maybe your puppy was just adopted. It was brought up from a rescue from the southern United States and brought up to the northern United States and they traveled in a car for the past week. Well, that in itself can cause diarrhea. Maybe you changed the diet really quickly. That can cause diarrhea. So depending on the age of the pet, I'm going to tailor my medical workup based on what's going on. If I see a young puppy coming in for diarrhea, most of the time I want to do a fecal test to make sure there's no parasites. I'm also going to want to potentially test that puppy for parvovirus if they're not vaccinated because that can actually be fatal without treatment. If it's an older dog, I may want to do x-rays just to make sure there's not cancer or something else going on. If it's a Labrador Retriever or a Golden Retriever and they're relatively young and rambunctious and they love to chew on things, well, I may need to do x-rays because I want to make sure there's no foreign body stuck within their intestinal tract. Now, for all you greyhound donors, I absolutely love greyhounds. I used to be the director of the blood donor program at University of Minnesota. And 
I use greyhounds all the time to help us collect blood to help save another patient's life. And I love greyhounds, but if you look at them cross-eyed, they get diarrhea. So just be aware, depending on the age or the breed of your dog, your veterinarian's going to want to do different workups. Couple other breeds you have to be aware of. If you have a German Shepherd, sometimes they can have this disease called exocrine pancreatic insufficiency. This is usually when you have a young German Shepherd, they're not gaining weight, they have this pale, pasty looking feces that's loose, it's hard to pick up when you try to poop scoop it. Make sure you get to a veterinarian because it could be something as easy as replacing their pancreatic enzymes by sprinkling a powder on their food but we wanna make sure we work it up appropriately. For all you Yorkshire Terrier owners, Shetland Sheepdog owners, miniature Schnauzer owners, you have heard me talk about this before in a previous episode of ER Vet when I talked about how these three breeds are so predisposed to pancreatitis. Again, a fancy way of saying inflammation of the pancreas. So those three breeds should never ever get table food or fattening meat scraps because they're gonna get diarrhea or even vomiting from that. So again, depending on the age, depending on the breed, I'm gonna work up your pet's diarrhea a little bit differently. What about cats? Now, when I see a cat with diarrhea, sometimes it can be from parasites also, depending on the age. So younger kittens are gonna be more at risk for parasites. If it's an older cat, I worry about things like inflammatory bowel disease or even intestinal cancer called lymphoma. So again, if your pet has diarrhea, definitely worth calling your veterinarian to get a workup. Now. What is your vet going to do if you bring your dog or cat in for diarrhea? Well, the first thing we're going to want to do is get a good history. Did you change the diet? Did you give anything fattening to eat? Was there any stress? Did you start a new medication? What's going on? So they're going to want to get some more information. The second thing we're going to want to do is a physical examination. I'm going to want to palpate the intestines, the abdomen. I may need to do a rectal exam. The third thing I'm going to want to do, depending on how severe it is, is potentially blood work or advanced diagnostic tests. So sometimes I'll do blood work to check and see what the red and white blood cells are doing, how the kidney and liver function is, what the salt balance is, what the protein level is. I also like to do a fecal sample. So hint, please bring in a fecal sample. We want to make sure there's no parasite infections or abnormal bacterial overgrowth. I may want to do a urine test and even some x-rays just to make sure there's no obstruction or abnormal fluid or gas within the intestines or abdomen. Now, depending on what these initial tests show and depending on how sick your dog or cat is, I may need to do a couple other tests. Now, these other tests, what I call advanced diagnostics, are more expensive. This could be $500 for an ultrasound. It could be another $100 for a specific pancreas test. It could be testing for certain viruses like parvovirus. These can be costly. So when in doubt, we always want to make sure to minimize the risk of our dog and cat getting diarrhea. And again, it could be simple things like not changing the diet suddenly, not feeding fattening scraps, not letting your dog run off leash where you can't monitor them because they may be munching things on the street and picking up certain types of bacteria or certain types of germs. We'll continue with this really important topic right after these messages from our sponsors. Okay, I'll admit it. As a veterinarian, I don't brush my dog's teeth as much as I'm supposed to, but my dog loves chewing on treats. So why not give him a dental treat that offers more? Daily Dose is a two-in-one dual-benefit dog chew that supports dental hygiene and full body health. With Daily Dose, your dog gets a daily dental scrub 
and powerful supplements to help with the biggest health concerns facing our dogs. Daily Dose was developed by veterinarians to be simple to use and super effective. Plus, dogs love the taste. It comes in four types, available for joint, skin, heart health, and calming. What I like about them, they have ingredients that I'd recommend as a veterinarian, and they're made in the USA. To help keep your dog healthier and happier, try Daily Dose, because one chew a day may keep the veterinarian away. Visit yourpetsdailydose.com to save $3 on your first bag with promo code ERVET. That's E-R-V-E-T. It's more than a treat. It's a treatment. One chew a day for happier, healthier dog years. So now I've got this pack of four Sharpay Rescue dogs for, oh my goodness, probably five, six years. They get a regular diet of Dynavite with every meal. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. People remark on what beautiful coats they've got. I tell them, you don't need to wait until a problem presents itself. It's far better to keep the dog happy and healthy at all times. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. We've been talking about the dirty topic of diarrhea. We've talked about how dogs and cats often present to the ER vet for diarrhea. And sometimes it's from parasites. Sometimes it's from sudden dietary changes. Sometimes it's from bacterial changes or stress or metabolic problems or something stuck in the intestines. So sometimes it can be really mild and sometimes it can be really severe. We've talked about how certain breeds will get diseases that cause diarrhea. So it always warrants a workup if the diarrhea is going on for a couple of days or the clinical signs are more severe. We talked about what your veterinarian is going to do once your dog or cat presents for diarrhea. But ultimately, what's the prognosis and how we're going to treat it? Well, thankfully, the prognosis for diarrhea in a dog and cat is excellent with supportive care. But we first need to treat it and find out what the underlying cause is. Now, depending on how severely dehydrated your dog or cat is, or if they're vomiting, or how bloody the diarrhea is, it may change how I'm going to treat these guys. Most of the time, I treat these guys on an outpatient basis, which means I send them home right away. But if they're severe, I have had a subset of pets that do need to be hospitalized, typically for 24 to 36 hours. If your dog or cat is pretty stable, I usually will treat them with some fluids under the skin to help hydrate them. I'll give them an IV dose of a really strong anti-vomiting medication. And I usually send them home with a low-fat, high-fiber, bland diet. My favorite diet stands for WD, which is called weight diet. And it's not because I want your dog or cat to lose weight, but it's because there's a lot of fiber within this food. And that really helps fix that diarrhea really quickly, especially if it's colitis or large bowel diarrhea. If your pet is really sick, really dehydrated, has a painful abdomen, or has a more serious diagnosis like intestinal cancer or parvovirus or something stuck in the intestines, I'm going to hospitalize your pet in the ER vet. And typically I'll use IV fluids, IV anti-vomiting medications, and acids to coat the stomach. 
I may often do pain medication. Sometimes I'll even do an antibiotic to help normalize the bacteria in the intestinal tract. Depending on what the x-rays or ultrasounds show, sometimes surgery is warranted if I need to get a foreign body out. Sometimes endoscopy, where we take little biopsies of your dog or cat's stomach and, and intestines or colon, may also be necessary. That's the easiest least invasive way for us to be able to diagnose things like intestinal lymphoma or inflammatory bowel disease. I know this sounds like a lot, but ultimately we do worry about diarrhea. Again, it can be really mild and most of those cases aren't a big deal. But when your dog or cat has severe diarrhea, starts vomiting, starts having bloody diarrhea, doesn't want to eat for more than 24 hours, it's worth getting to a veterinarian right away or your ER vet, even in the middle of the night if your pet's really sick. When in doubt, you want to keep your dog and cat safe and help minimize the risk of diarrhea. So how do we do that? First of all, if you just adopted a new puppy or kitten, please make sure they're up to date on their vaccines. That does not mean just one vaccine. If you've ever taken a human baby to a pediatrician, they have to go in a lot within the first year of life. Well, same exact thing with puppies and kittens. Remember, we want to make sure they're protected against some of these potentially life-threatening diseases like parvovirus or panleukopenia. But your pet typically needs one vaccine every three to four weeks, starting at five to six weeks of age. So your first veterinary visit should be at five to six weeks of age. Then you're going to vaccinate them again, three to four weeks later. And again, another three to four weeks later. And again, another three to four weeks later. I know it sounds extreme, but the reason why we want to do that is because we have to mount an appropriate immune response. The first vaccine that we give honestly doesn't protect them from the disease. The first vaccine is designed to mount the immune system and stimulate the immune system so it will respond to a second vaccine and a third vaccine. So please be aware, your pet should have at least three to four vaccines in their first year of life. If they're an adult dog or cat, they still need one vaccine followed by a booster three to four weeks later. And that's the best way of minimizing the risk of infectious causes of diarrhea. What about parasites? I want you to make sure that your pet is on flea and tick medication and heartworm medication, depending on where you live. My general rule is dogs should be on flea and tick medication six to nine months to 12 months out of the year, depending on where you live. If you live in the warmer areas where there's never a hard freeze, I live in Minnesota, I'm gonna say that your dog needs year-round flea and tick medication. I will say the majority of the states in the United States have heartworm disease, and we're seeing it more because of the spread of rescue animals being moved from the southern parts of the United States to the northern parts of the United States, and because of people traveling. As a result, your dog should be on monthly heartworm medication too. The good thing about heartworm medication and flea and tick medication is they also prevent other diseases. They treat other parasites too. So if your pet is well vaccinated, your pet is on flea and tick and heartworm preventative, it's less likely that they're going to get parasites. The next way of preventing diarrhea is making sure you keep table scraps like turkey meat, turkey fat, chicken bones out of reach. Make sure your dog does not get into the garbage. Make sure your house is appropriately pet proof so they're not getting into pacifiers or plastic toys or socks or all the foreign bodies that I see getting stuck in intestinal tracts. For you cat owners, you also have to cat proof appropriately. You want to make sure there's nothing stringy in the house like tinsel, 
ribbon, yarn, because that can result in a linear foreign body and can be life-threatening if your cat gets into it because it can actually saw through your cat's intestines. You want to make sure that you keep all these foreign bodies or potential poisons out of reach. If you're changing a diet, please never change a diet suddenly. Cats hate sudden change. I always say when you're getting to the bottom 25% of your bag, then you want to open the next bag and slowly wean it in. Over the first week, you want the new diet to be approximately 10% of the feeding. By the next week, you want it to be 25%. By the third week, you can completely adjust them over. But you can't cold turkey and change diets suddenly. Pets don't like that. Their intestinal tract don't like it either. When in doubt, the prognosis for diarrhea is really good. That said, we don't want our dogs and cats feeling the pain of having diarrhea or getting sicker from it and having vomiting and dehydration. When in doubt, I always tell people, the sooner you get to your vet or your ER vet, the sooner we can diagnose a problem, the sooner we can treat it, the less costly it will be for you, and the more likely we'll be able to treat your pet on an outpatient basis, which is less expensive. When in doubt, keep your pets safe. Well, that brings me to the end of today's show. Find me at drjustinelee.com, on Facebook or Instagram at drjustinelee, or email me your pet questions at drjustine at petliferadio.com. With that, we're out of time, and we want to thank Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.